Hello and welcome to One for the Books. I'm Jacinta. And I'm Emma. We're a book podcast for everyone, whether you love reading or your idea of a book is a glossy mag, we have recommendations to kickstart your book love. Equal part book club, ultimate reckless, and catch up with your friends. Also quite literally catch up with your friends. Oh, welcome Yaz, we have a special guest. special guest today. (gasps) Jazz is a close friend of the podcast, um, a creative extraordinaire and a writing wizard. Um, yes, you're actually perfect for this. Yeah, and very much the best person to talk to about all things books and fun times. Uh, what an intro. <laughs> um, I feel like I have just been invited into the secret garden and I am what a book. so excited. A word I said I wouldn't say today. Um, <laughs> it's better than journey, it's fine. I think that's also in my script. Okay, number. <laughs> Please, cross it out. Cross it out. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, oh, thank you for bringing wine. Low, I'm going to get less coherent the longer this Actually, goes on. Yeah, dangerous mix. Cue the slurs. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I think we've only drunk once when we've recorded and we were very giggly at <laughs> the end oh my God, of that recording. Yeah, that, that edit was pretty funny. <laughs> was that the one where we went on a tangent about hot authors? I think we've done that sober a couple times today. <laughs> Let's be honest. We did, yeah. Because we talked about Craig Sylvie and I thought it was hilarious because I was like, he's a Sylvie fox. <laughs> anyway, um, did you want to intro or you've just taken a sip of wine? Our um, friend of the pod, our special guest. Is a big fan of Gilmore Girls. I mean, who isn't? Uh, <laughs> obviously, the Gilmore Girls are famous for the relationship between the mother and daughter, but also something that I like to pay attention to is Rory's reading list, which is iconic. I mean, she's Legendary. one of the most iconic TV nerds of all time. Really, mm-hmm. like, if you think about, like, True. for our generation in particular, if you're, she was the poster girl for, like, academia, doing well at school impressing yes. the parents like she was the role model but also still cool and funny or live in this giant <laughs> house that my single mom can somehow afford in the center of town <laughs> sure and <laughs> you know, in the most picture perfect like oh, little town right what a dream i just want to have an autumn in stars hollow, stars hollow. how yeah. good would that be go to luke's diamond and get a giant mug of coffee <gasps> Yes. Or like early winter where it's like fall yes. turning into with like the snow and, and the that gazebo, oh, that central yes. gazebo they have. The fairy lights. All their like festivals oh. and like oh, yes. So true. With all the decorations. Plays. Yeah. With Kirk. They should. Oh, Kirk was the sweetest Kirk. Even Kirk ended up with someone in the end. You know, there's someone <laughs> for everyone. There yeah. is someone for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just an iconic show. Iconic. And you could go into like the newspaper office yeah. where Rory used to like work or interned for a while. Oh, my favorite is yes. the pancake place that's not a pancake place. What is the pancake world? It pancake world. <laughs> oh my god, you know everything about it. Look at I it. admit it was my savior during lockdown. Oh, it was yes. that show that I went back to for endless days at yeah. home, comforting needing comfort, show. yes, safety, familiarity. Yeah, totally it was a big hug. Agree. It's a big warm hug. Oh, 
perfect yeah. way of describing the show. Actually, yeah, beautiful. Mm. Sorry, just into a hijacked. No, I'm actually so into this. <laughs> we're basically just prefacing it by saying Rory's a nerd and we're going to look at her book list. Yeah, yeah. that Some is the thing. legend has compiled every single book mention. Which is a lot of books. It's like 500 books long. Basically, if you're like nerdy old English teacher put together a must-read book list mm. and then there were a few, like her teenage daughter from like the early 2000s added some contributions, mm. that is the book list vibe. It's it's very classic heavy. Which, it's every cult yeah. classic by a white dude ever. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. like Bridget Jones's diary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's some random, like I feel like my pick, I have to ask you where you think it's from because I like cannot for the life of me connect it with her it's like very weird mm. so yeah but it really her book list really is like a who's who of like the great great mm. novels of all time so we have it plenty was, of yes. plenty to pick from for too this. many which although to be fair hadn't read most of them, so not really true. that many. it was slim pickings yeah <laughs> uh. there was a handful because <laughs> like there was some real niche boring ones on there that i was like i'm never reading that no but we we we, we some gems yes like i feel like it's a good point Mm. i mean which comes to our first pick which is little women yeah that's so we're all gonna talk about that one because it's a classic universally beloved i feel like absolutely i did not like it when i first read it (gasps) controversial this was my like i have to know why okay so i started reading it in high school and didn't I ended up putting it down because I thought it was really boring. It's what? it's quite long. Because it's I found it hard to get into. I feel like it took me a solid mm. third to like understand the characters, mm. find them interesting. It was very slow and winding. Mm. Very of its time. You know, mm. I feel like they weren't fast paced books. Slow burn. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like when I reread it in my thirties then I got it because I like stuck with it for longer that and really sense. powered through it and then loved it. I do think my opinions on the characters and how they end up has changed so much. <gasps> really? As I've gotten older. Like I was so mad at Joe when I was younger. What? Really? Why? What? For not marrying Lori. He was so no, that was a special <laughs> choice. That was her special and she already. did not settle. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I loved it. She didn't factor her life around it. As, as, as a, a teenager, teenager, I was like, how could you turn yeah. down Laurie? He's everything you want on paper. Also, so exactly. true because we grew up in the era of like Princess Diaries and shit. Where or, like every movie, also a great movie, but like <laughs> every movie or TV show is structured around like finding your prince charming and living happily ever after. And he's like, well, you needed that's to be rescued. your goal. It's like, like the yeah. always in the background. Mm. He's like the next door neighbor that mm. turns into something more. That character is super charming and you kind of go yes he's funny and like i you You understand why it's more like a brother sister like playful relationship which is maybe he didn't challenge her enough because i loved a period piece yeah okay i was a big elizabeth bennett i was like you love jane austen don't you big jane austen was my gal they're all of one so then when joe came along i was like joe really easily okay i've never read this non-performative woman who was like super independent Mm. prioritized her education Mm -hmm. she never wanted to settle but was also deeply sensitive super empathetic loved family tradition and all of that Mm. it just looked different to her totally so i was like it was just a refreshing yeah 
character yes. in a time where, yes, we're kind of it's being told we're all waiting for that white knight. Yeah. We're all waiting mm. to be saved or rescued or a life is easier with a man. Well, it gave us an alternative aspiration of like, yes. this is a doable life and you can survive and be happy. Like, not just survive, yes. but like, this can be your choice for a reason and you can actually really love this choice. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We really yeah. didn't have many of those role models and no. revolutionary in terms of the book coming out when it did. Yes. That it discussed something like that. Can I throw a theory out there? Yes, please. please. I, it's not my theory, so oh. let's, let's just okay. um, probably yeah, let's say that. Um, yeah. But I read it online and I was like, okay, I've never thought of it that way, but okay, that's kind of rocking my world. The blogs were saying that each sister represents a archetype of like a yeah and yeah. as a collective oh, yeah, they represent the all-american girl mm. yes so you have to see them as a collective but obviously we can admire them for their individual traits but we shouldn't necessarily look at some of the sisters and write them off straight away just because they're not the fierce independent type like joe we actually need little elements of all of them mm-hmm. to be i love that because they all have wildly different life paths Mm-hmm. But they do have very niche personality traits anyway, so you go. Yeah, like they're all one kind mm. of sort of archetype. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One person. And it's right, no path is right for everyone. Like you've got the optimist, mm-hmm. you've got the the maternal kind of family woman, you've got the fierce yeah. independent one. The entire Sweet and <laughs> timid Amy is yes. like the baby. Yes. He's like very artistic but also quite is Amy the one that did like, else wanna, to Europe? Yeah, did anyone yeah. else want to punch Amy hated in the face? Hated Amy. <laughs> I struggled with <laughs> the book yeah. because of Amy. Yeah. I really hated Amy and the older sister that Emma Watson plays in the reboot, who also did a bad job at that character. Again, a super interesting character. Mm-hmm. Because, because she I actually married her relatable, but she yes. did marry for love. True. And it was all about family like for her. Her, her great aunt really yeah. is disappointed in her. And she was always the one who wanted to marry, who wanted mm-hmm. that traditional mm-hmm. life. But the fact that she actually married for love, like mm-hmm. while she does have that traditional family. Yes. What she does is kind of revolutionary as well. Yes, like she's not exactly. after yeah. the money. She really loves that family mm-hmm. life. So mm, it is interesting. Yeah. And I think I wanted to punch Amy in the face. Not because she ended up with Laurie, but also a that. little part of me probably <laughs> wanted to be her too. Yes. She, she was the attractive <clears throat> yes. golden child, literally. Mm, there one hope to like. Kept getting, yeah. you know, she got the opportunities. Yeah. She got to travel and she got to pursue her arts and yeah. I think there's something about her charm and attractiveness that when you don't identify with that, you mm. kind of go, oh, what are the, you know, mm. the pretty people always get the yeah. opportunities. And Joe it, says about triggering. her, she's the one that always, things always work out for yes. her. Yes. Like, and it's so true, like, you do have people in your life that you come across that you're like, oh, God, everything yeah. has just kind of come up roses and it's hard to not be resentful of that. Yes. Yes. Her so. assertiveness is the thing I struggled with the most. And I think that's what I found confronting because mm. it's the thing I've always wished I had but didn't. So I resented it, yes. you know, because I was like, fuck you for having the assertiveness I wish I could inhabit. Because she's so confident. And I think that's she's why so things come She goes away. for what she wants. Yeah. She's like, I'm... And doesn't hold back. Like, yeah. this is what I want. Ending up with Laurie. Like, that, it Still embodies that. that. <laughs> it embodies that <laughs> mentality where she's kind of mm. like, well, you didn't want him. I've always been in love with him. Like, because she also, yeah. that was a big part of it. Like, she'd also always been in love with Laurie. Like, it, that made mm. sense contextually, but it just feels devastating narratively yeah. when you're, like, rooting for Joe and Laurie. I know. Yes. Yeah. 
And Tell me about it. My <laughs> 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 fifteen-year-old self is still mourning my like, loss. Right? <laughs> How dare you spend all this time for a damn like that? <laughs> then isn't it weird? Like, but Joe didn't want anyone. Anyway. Yeah, and like also canonically, Joe is like queer or like as a lesbian. I was about to say yes, to me yeah. there's a huge queer overtone yeah. with mm-hmm. Joe, which I think has also been a really big part of that narrative of totally. reading in which is shit I think in some ways because I I like the idea of a heterosexual woman also having the ability to just choose yes. not to get married They're and not, that to be yeah. all it is. Mm. Instead of there needing to be an excuse mm. that she doesn't want a specific mm. man. I like there's part of that that really bothers me. But mm. I also it's hard to not read into it when at that time you couldn't have written a queer story. No. And there were just like, it was almost like there were just slight nods to it. Like, you know, the idea of, you know, her hair not being perfect or, you know, she wasn't wearing the frilly dress. It it was just nods to this tomboy image that didn't scream traditional femininity, but they didn't go as far as saying things about her sexuality. So So you kind of go, Yes, if it was there, yeah, and we got slight cues to it, yeah. But again, that was super attractive too. It was like, yeah, I don't want to do the ridiculous fucking hairdo. Like, yeah. I'm to living in rural America here. Yeah. Like, we're going through a war. Like. <laughs> but to be subversive in any way is appealing, particularly as a teenager. Totally. And I feel like this book is aimed at teen girls, mm-hmm. and so to read. It's a coming of age novel. Yeah, Yeah. but to read any book with a like a rebellious heroine who's very independent Mm -hmm. is so iconic. But I feel like, yeah, the layers of just when the book came out makes Mm. it even more extreme. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the professor. I do like their relationship. Oh it gives me tingles. (laughs) No. It's actually very sweet. And the fact that they can get each other on like a mental level, which I think is what Joe really needed. Mm -hmm. But it is interesting all the other layers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, how do you feel about the fact that it did end up with being, you know, wrapped up with a giant bow? Like there was so many ways the story could have gone. Mm. With Joe's final piece by Mm. ending up with effectively her soulmate. Did they have to have children and go down? Like, do we like that it went there? Or? I think I was disappointed that yeah, they same. all kind of cleaned up with a bow. They all had mm. normal kind of, like, husbands. Each mm. of them yes. had children. Like, it was very cookie-cutter, very conventional. When, I guess, they did represent all these different archetypes. The whole book is that unconventional. Yeah. yeah, that they yeah. could have... They, they all had, like, these wildly different paths, but the fact that they all came full mm. circle yes. to that same place mm-hmm. yes. it was a bit like... Huh. Yeah. Also, I feel like apart from Dear Beth. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Beth dies. Real Beth. <laughs> but I feel like the book is messy, and I mm. think to me the ending betrayed the entire tone of the book. But I also don't think the book would have been published without that ending. Hundred percent. Particularly like most books, like most movies, like anything we all, written we all by a expect man. it to be wrapped yeah. up in a nice little boat. Even Bridget Jones ends up, you yeah. know. She ends up with a fucking baby at the end. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Yeah. Totally. But I also feel like a book written by a woman for women or women and girls, mm. no fucking way, particularly back then, that that mm. would have been published. Even now. Oh, now I feel like you'd get away with it, but no way back then. Not anything, like, wildly popular or, like... No, I can't think part of Part of the culture. Yes. Like, it's mm. it's all still follows that same kind right? of formula. And yeah. that that's always your goal, is that's the end mm. goal. It's so it's hard to escape that. Everything in pop culture. Yeah. I think it's our communal fear. It's yeah. this communal loneliness. fear of loneliness. Mm. And, yeah, where Joe goes, like, 
I'm just so lonely. Yeah. Like, it's devastating because you really feel that for her. And we all want a companionship. But I just think companionship can look so different Mm. and there's so many interpretations of that. And I just, I wish this, you know, next kind of generation of authors and creators look at giving us some different endings because it's great that we have Mm. you know podcasts and ted talks and um people out there trying to challenge the narrative but when the mainstream narrative is still don't worry you're still gonna get that white knight yeah um you can still be unconventional and side saddle but You're still going to be on the horse. You're like, okay. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Side saddling is not enough. <laughs> not that Little Women brings out all of this. Like, right? It's, the fact that it's still being taught like this mm. 150 yes, years later. Yes. It still has so much relevance. Yes. And I feel like women are still tackling the same issues it, is and can still see themselves terrifying. in each of the sisters. Mm. And you can feel conflicted about why you see yourself in some, like. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a little part of Amy where I'm like you know what Mm. I can understand like if you want to be financially secure Mm. in a time where women didn't have much choice Mm. I I get that Mm. like and what it I would love to think that I would have been Joe, but would I have been? That's so true. I'm always like, I don't know. of course I want to be Joe. Who do you think you would have been? I think I'm more Beth. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm Beth. <laughs> it's like the Hufflepuff version of like, who's the Ravenclaw? Joe. Joe, for sure. I feel like I, I could be a Joe. I had it in me, potentially. I, I'd want to be Joe. Same. I just want to be Joe, but I just Same. don't think I <laughs> I'd be like Joe slash Beth. <laughs> Why should people read Little Women 150 years after it was published? It's still good. <laughs> it's still relevant. I would say there's still clear. Yeah, someone who I didn't do enjoy think it, it the was, first time. Yeah. By modern standards, if you're reading it used to the pace of more contemporary modern fiction, it I struggled with that. Yeah. But once you become accustomed to the characters and the flow and the pace, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would completely agree. And I'd say, yeah, it's timeless. It's essential. Um, Mm. It's the kind of piece that I think you will see yourself in one or more of the sisters. Totally. And that's – it's a nice place to be. It's cool. It will provoke something. It will stir something, Mm. which is nice. Mm. And I think – Little Women is such an important book. I still think it's one of the – most unparalleled character books of all time true in Mm. terms of like character development and how realistic those people feel Mm -hmm. and then it's based on women as well yes also still unusual yeah also women where like yes a lot of them end up married and joe i guess is struggling to some extent you know with choosing a husband or like that concept but a lot of it isn't about being married it's about like her seeking independence which is also mm. rare like often books yeah. are like just mm. purely a love story and I feel like this was more complicated that's so true it's so much more of like a coming of age exactly yes. that period between exactly. like late childhood becoming yeah. an adult and all those those struggles and challenges that comes with like finding your own voice and stuff like it's mm. unparalleled in mm-hmm. that respect mm-hmm. such a good oh. book yeah. So who, what book are you picking off Rory's list that is not Little Women? So I found this when I saw this on her oh, list. That this book was on the list. <laughs> no, I was so surprised. And it's actually a book that I love and I have repurchased multiple times because I've lost it. 
It's called Please Kill Me, The Uncensored Oral History of Punk by Legs McNeil and Gillian McCain, which I thought was a wild pick for Rory, which is why I was like, okay, I have to talk about this book. <laughs> I feel like we've said this before we started recording, this can't be a Rory pick. <laughs> that's what I mean, like it's so... Lane um, totally learned to mm, join. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like maybe it was, it's definitely a book from mm. Lane. Well, she was trying to be cool. Maybe. But I kind of, if it mm. is a book, like, I totally respect her. <laughs> like, oh, hell yeah. I love that it's so kind of out of the box. Mm. So it's basically an oral history of the New York punk scene. And I, I just love an oral history because it's just so funny to read the way, like, I guess because it's so subjective and the way different kinds of people can describe the same incident, but have completely different recollections mm. Oh my god, it's like Daisy Jones and the Six, but the yes. real version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy shit, because it is actually, like, about... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. So it's just so funny to read, and I guess the characters are ridiculous. It covers everyone from Patti Smith <gasps> and Iggy yeah. Pop and the Velvet Underground, The Doors. <gasps> it says it's an oral history of punk, but I think it, it's very... It looks down a lot on the... UK punk scene and the West Coast punk scene so I would say it's just like New York punk but how wild that period of time Mm. is so like from the late 60s to the late 80s that period of punk really I guess the underground and how it was so incestuous and all like sex Mm. drugs and rock and roll because it's such a wild period of time it's just so fascinating to read it from people's perspectives Mm. and like how their relationships developed and how everyone feels about everyone. Everyone thinks Jim Morrison is like a jerk and like mm. a high school poet. Well, yeah. Um, Lou Reed is like a jerk. Kidding. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patty Smith was like always like a weirdo, which I, I kind mean, of am super fitting. into it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just wild. Just the, like the stories. It can be a bit intense at times but it's also funny like um Richard Lloyd and Richard Hell are really funny just their recollections of it and yeah I think I've said this multiple times I just love a book that's of its time that really mm. captures like a place in history yeah a time in history a place in the world and just really delves deep into us and I feel like you really get a sense of what New York was like in the late 60s in that music mm. scene. Which I was going to say, it's not just a place. It is specifically New York yeah. or slash America yeah. for you. So I feel like it ticks multiple boxes. <laughs> yeah, if like if you were reading this, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a Jacinta book. Yeah. But I do love this book and I think the fact that it's an oral history is just really perfect because it's ridiculous just mm. how many differing opinions they have of themselves. <laughs> it's almost like, it's like almost like Caddy. And like, it feels like that the way, even yeah. when you were like, it's They're kind like of fuck. just New York, it's like even excluding like West Coast and <laughs> yeah. UK. And I was like, but the UK is literally the birthplace of the modern exactly. punk rock movement. So yeah. like, that's a weird oversight to be Isn't catty that about that. Like, so typical America though, like, yeah. even with the hip hop scene, there's like East Coast, West totally. Coast. Like, yeah, it's, it's a competition. Yeah, whatever one you were in, you yeah. think it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> you have revisionist history about it. Yeah. Would you so, say, just do you have to be into punk? For this no, book, like definitely not. Okay, because like I didn't agree with all of the opinions, but you knew about the bands and the singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. So I understand there's that extra context, mm. but because it's an oral history, you really are just reading their opinions and their story of what happened. So you do can you can like pick your own mm. kind of lane. 
So I don't think you have to. I think it's so much more of like a historical kind of like a cultural expose. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's definitely an explanation of that period of time and that era. And yeah, and I don't envy the task the authors had of like collating all these interviews Mm. and cutting it down. Yeah, what makes the cut and what doesn't. But how cool doing the interviews and getting to talk to all these famous people. Exactly. It's fascinating. They're just such big titans of, I guess, that era and... There's, there was so much dis- it was so nihilistic and so yeah. destructive so to have a book that's actually mm. the fact that the music still exists and it's like good is like a, a feat in itself so True. yeah I would say it's much more of like a historical cultural piece mm. than it is like a love letter to like punk or something mm. so I definitely don't think you have to be interested in that like a peek behind the curtains of yeah. what actually went on mm. yeah which exactly. is fascinating because it's such a hedonistic totally lifestyle to be leading at any Mm. point in time let alone like the 60s to 80s kind of being a famous musician was like insane in terms of their wealth Mm. and access like you're like it shouldn't work as a book but somehow (laughs) it does somehow it does i just thought this was so wild that rory was reading it (laughs) it makes no sense it makes no sense like lane lent it to her so she was trying to be cool for jess exactly oh my god maybe jess lent it to her it actually sounds like that Yes. Yeah, because he was such a wannabe ah. punk dude. Like Logan totally. was totally not into that. Yeah, so, no, yeah. No. Yeah. no, yeah, Dean would have been scandalised by. It. <laughs> yeah, he was still singing church songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's my book of hymns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, so that's please kill me. Um, the uncensored oral history of punk by Legs McNeil and Gillian McCain. Jazz, what are you recommending from Rory's list? So, from Rory's list, I'm actually recommending The Odyssey by Homer. What a big one. Love this. Um, Apologies, I love classical literature. This book just has a really big space in my heart. I was introduced to it in Year 12 Classical Studies. It can be a daunting read. Like you go, it can be whatever oh, you want to Classics, yeah. like that's that's. I've hard. never read it for that reason because I that's like yeah. Shakespeare goes in that basket. Like all yeah. of the classics that feel intimidating and unapproachable. And it's been translated quite a few times. Yeah, the yeah. language. So you have to find the right translation for yeah. you. Okay. But like, let's just be basic bitch. Just pick up the Penguin Classics. Okay, it is the best. This blew my mind when you told yeah. me this. Like, it changes the name So if you can just get past the first couple of chapters where he just talks about all of these peripheral people that make that have absolutely no influence or impact that you're on trying the broader to story. Understand, like, oh my gosh, okay, I have to remember this person. What did yes. this person have? Like, it does take up a lot of your capacity. Yes. And if you think about it, this would have been an oral piece delivered in an agora, yes. where he would have just been Wild. dropping names like they're hot, pretend we're cooler than we are. Exactly. <laughs> so if you can get past the first two chapters, where that's literally all he is doing okay you get to the heart of it it's such a good point oh it just and it gives me tingles so it's basically the story of perseverance and determination solo journey of self-discovery our main character odysseus travels the wild seas and he's met with one-eyed cyclopses and temptresses and witches and it's all about his journey back home which i think you can also take metaphorically even though he was going home to his wife penelope it's about um, penelope. yeah it's about the faith and loyalty yes. and having those as his driving factors to getting home because he's faced with such adversity like he literally goes to hell and back 
and he goes yeah. home and there's treachery and his the love for his home the love mm. for his wife his son and you know the life he had before he went off to Trojan War because him coming back from the Trojan War Correct. right and it's like instead it's of it dress. being this like very quick easy trip after this yes. huge long drawn out war that they won but whatever yes. is so political Homer's the Iliad was yes. obviously written before the Odyssey, but I would highly recommend reading the Odyssey first. Okay. Um, the Iliad is, you know, guts and glory. Um, it's deeply historical. There's lots of blood and a bit of power like struggles. And, kind of. Yeah, yeah, and I think the Odyssey is really that the fantasy. I almost describe it as like the OG of like yes. fantastic beasts and where to find them. It's like, an OG fantasy it, novel. It when you think about yes, it, I've always thought this because I studied Greek in primary school, so I like learned about Odysseus in like the very primary school version of Homer's The Odyssey, mm. and so it was like it felt like yeah. a really cool like storybook vibe. Yeah. That's true. It also yeah. had and it would have been bit. passed on, like, yes. things telling fairy tales and that yes. kind of thing. Yes, it was very, like, Grimm Brothers. Like, and I think it's kind of cool that, I mean, when I kind of read it, I, you know, hadn't really experienced, oh, I wasn't really reading other books that we were talking in fantasy and mythical mm-hmm. creatures and that kind of stuff. So it was a very new kind of radical thing for me. But now mm-hmm. that, like, you know, we've been immersed in the world of Harry Potter yes. and... I mean, I'm not into Lord of the Rings, but like we're starting to see more mythical, yeah, it's a huge, fantasy pieces yes. come to life. That you're like, this is the OG version of that. Because everyone says <laughs> Lord of the Rings is the OG, and I was like, nah, Homer was here like a millennium ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and I didn't really think about it until you kind of framed it in that yeah. way. Yeah, but even like around the translation piece, yeah, like how we interpret some of those words through the lens of like current society and so we often project mm-hmm. our own values or mm-hmm. thoughts into that like yeah. I think that's important yeah. too because ancient Greece was really progressive in ways that we aren't right now that's such a good point so it's it's really interesting I think about like wow. what has possibly been mm-hmm. lost in a translation when you project particularly when I, I feel like never, it was yes. majority translated you know like 19th 20th century mm. And particularly those really Victorian oh British gosh, values 100%. that we adhere to still, mm. I feel like it'd be so fascinating if you could go back in time and actually listen to like the OG yeah. oral poetry to see what he was actually saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be amazing. But yes, if I had to like oh, wow. say, you know, why you should read it, I think if you're looking for like the ultimate like self-discovery resilience if you are looking for some inspiration if you need some motivation thinking about the next big thing in your life and how to get there this is just a really cool read just please get past the first two chapters <laughs> you've yeah you've this is like a caveat yeah yeah I just like the reframing of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's very easy to get stuck and bogged down in the overwhelming, intimidating nature of classics in general. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're put on such high pedestals that Mm -hmm. it can be really intimidating to want to even open them up and try and explore what Mm -hmm. is inside. Yeah. And that's, like, a very accessible way yeah. of talking about it. So this made me... I've actually just put it on hold at the library. Yes. We should approach it like we... And approach. the Penguin Classic specifically. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> How, what we always say about poetry, like, you yes. don't have to understand every sentence. The mm-hmm. more you read it, the more you'll get into the groove. Like, it just will click at a certain yes. point. You've just got to get over that initial... I think it's true of Definitely anything. True. Like, you don't have to be able to critically analyse... Yeah 
anything that you consume. Yeah. Like you could watch an art house film and not be able to read into every single directorial totally. cue to yeah. still get something out of it or enjoy it. Like we if you enjoy it, that's the, yeah. the what you need end to get goal. out of it. You will get out exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to. You're right. Yeah. We psych ourselves out with oh that that's like big people style. Exactly. Like, that, that's I'm not smart me. enough. Like, I'm not smart enough for that. Yeah. It's like totally. No, it's like anything. You know it will click and when yes. it does you'll be like I've just unlocked something <laughs> super cool yes and yes. you'll take whatever you want from it yes like, that's the beauty what I love about classics also there's something so beautiful and so like life affirming to read something and hold something that's been read for like thousands and thousands of years and like those same yeah. like people mm-hmm. have read those same lines and had those same feelings oh that's that making have. me like you're tingly like, yeah. that's that's making you're emotional. it's like such a beautiful oh. concept to read mm-hmm. classics like that and yeah. I think like your connection to this book is like a testament to that mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's really special oh we're like you're a part of history yeah by reading yes. it. yeah yeah someone a million years ago like had the same feelings that you're having yeah. reading that well this is the only way we can time travel <laughs> like we don't <gasps> yes. have time travel available but like this is the only it's way we've got traveled. that option wow. is to like live yes. different lives and yes. to travel through time yeah guys <laughs> <laughs> Found moment. Um, Connor, I was just like crying in the background. Thank you, Connor. I like had goosebumps though when you were like, it's like you know, it's my everyone favorite else thing. has like read. Th- I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is like such a crazy idea. I've never really like thought about it at that level. Yeah, that's what. What's my favorite thing about classics? Oh, that's me. So good. That's such a good recommendation. So, what did you pick from? Um, I picked a book that I almost recommended in a recent episode that now I can't remember why I was going to pick it (laughs) for that episode. But I'm picking Beloved by Toni Morrison. Have you read it? No. Have you read it? Stunning Yeah. Devastating Didn't realise it won the Pulitzer. So I would say this is maybe one of Toni Morrison's most famous books. Is very brutal. If people haven't read it, it's not an easy book. Um, in terms of content. So it takes place in the mid-1800s, um, right around the time slavery was sort of coming to an end, but before it actually came to an end. So in that tricky period when there were sort of abolitionists were grappling with anti-abolitionists, mm. and it was very awful. Um, so it follows a character who was born a slave and escaped to Ohio, but is never free of the legacy or the memories of the very, very unspeakable things that happened to her while she was um, in slavery. And she's quite young when she escapes, isn't she? Yeah. So I can't imagine how traumatic that would be. And there's a lot of flashbacks. So the book, I will say the book is very confusing. It is not a linear timeline that it follows. It's sort of told from the perspective of the person that escapes and then her future daughter. Mm. And then there's like flashbacks and it's hard to know who's dead and who's alive. And it can be quite complicated to get into for that reason because it's just tricky to get your head around all of the different characters. But it's worth sticking with it there's some great twists and turns as well about like what happens and i feel like that mother-daughter relationship oh, i mean is that's like the, the, the key anchor. part of yeah. it for sure like i don't know if anyone else feels this way but i have like this really high level of discomfort when i'm reading or like if it's either yet yeah, reading or watching movies or anything around slavery mm. and that is a total white person privilege thing mm. and i just find it it's almost unfathomable yeah what has happened throughout yeah. history and to watch it and actually try and process oh my God. the atrocity 
it almost becomes too overwhelming that yeah. you have like a physical reaction of like yeah. I literally need to take a fucking break. Like what human beings are capable of doing to yes. each other in the most awful ways. Yeah. Like it not is that fucked. long ago. Like no, it's, it's not. It's and also history. even in an Australian context, real not that long ago. And like we still, we do. still I mean, slavery yeah. still exists. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. And also the intergenerational trauma oh my God, that's yeah. caused by slavery mm-hmm. still exists, let alone when you factor in displacement mm-hmm. yeah. and poverty in Africa. Anyway, there's like yeah. lots of layers to it. Anyway, so this character escapes slavery and, like, establishes herself in this new house, but it's haunted by the ghost of her baby, who died nameless and whose tombstone is graved with a single word, beloved. Give me chills. Yeah, I... Yeah. And it's... I think this book, to me, the greatest strength of the book is the suspense of not really understanding what's happening. And I feel like that's why you don't almost... It's like the strength of the book, but that's also sometimes a barrier of why it's hard to get into. Because you're so scared of yes, what could potentially But you're trying happen. to piece it together, and I yeah. think it actually really happens quite slowly. Mm-hmm. But that that's the gift of the novel, is you get... It's so rich in what it gives you in the lead-up, in understanding those characters, and yeah. also then understanding the decisions that they make mm-hmm. that on paper could be quite awful yeah but makes sense because once that, you understand yeah. what they've been subjected to while they were slaves it's about like how trauma can manifest in all your relationships yes. and inform who you are which is i guess as we like cannot fathom what happens yeah. it's really interesting or what to we do in those situations yeah affected yeah and it's like the ultimate trying to pick apart the concepts of right and wrong and how we categorize that and what in like how much context influences what we think of as right and wrong mm. it's a good point like would you kill a child yeah. no but like the context of this is actually so important yeah because you can understand where she's come from and why she made that decision i also didn't realize this book was based on a real story i was gonna ask that oh <gasps> yeah. yes i didn't I know that i found out in researching so oh my god that's yeah horrifying. it's based on a real story so margaret garner was a slave woman who escaped a kentucky plantation with her husband robert and their children in 1856 they sought refuge in ohio before their owner in inverted commas and law officers caught up with them before they were captured, Margaret killed her young daughter to prevent her return to slavery. So yeah, that's like the genesis of the of the plot, I guess. Um, but it's a much richer, deeper look into the mentality that you have mm. and that you're the trauma and how you cope with that. Like mm. it is really a piece of like PTSD and what these characters do as a coping mechanism. Um, but it's her ability to write a piece of prose is phenomenal. Yeah. Like. Her storytelling in this book. I would say it's one of the most beautifully written books I've ever read. It's like lyrical. Yes. And you can tell that she it has flows. experience with poetry. Yeah. But she, even the vocabulary she uses. Mm. Would you say there was like light and shade to it? Or do you kind of, do you leave kind of feeling somber? I it's mean, a, it's, 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 it's a heavy Yeah, story. it's very heavy. Like, not to make. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't As say there's like, much light to it. No. Okay. I think it, they, there's like... There's a childhood innocence to some parts of it because parts of the story are told by her daughter. Yeah, so some parts of it are told by Denver, which is the teenage daughter's perspective. And I would say there's a childhood innocence Mm. and a naivety to that. And also, like, she judges her mother quite harshly because Mm. it's, like, through this really black and white lens. And it's sort of her coming to terms and understanding this full story of trying to piece together why her mum did 
what she did. Mm. Um, so I would say it's not got a lot of light, no. but it's beautiful and complex. Yeah. And even though it doesn't have light, it just feels really wonderful in some ways. That feels like the wrong word to use, but no, I still feel like it captures it. I'm trying to, yeah, real. I'm trying to like, because like, it's like, yeah, like I struggle with like a heavy book too, and something yeah. like that. And you do, my favorite thing about dramas is like the levity that it can bring. But I feel like you don't need it in this book almost. I feel like because she it isn't there's graphic parts of it but I would say they're the minority and they're like flashbacks more than anything mm. and it's more conversational it's between lots of the different characters yeah. who've all they're all black um you know some were born free some weren't sort of in this Ohio world mm. um and it's more like a lot of it is taken up with that conversation and those characters getting to know each other once she's escaped mm-hmm. And then it's about her internal monologue of trying to cope with having left slavery behind and what that means. Anyway, that is Beloved by Toni Morrison. Not an easy read, but a very worthwhile book. Yeah, there's like a weight to it and importance. Yeah, there's a meatiness to it. But you might need to take some breaks. Yeah, you've definitely got to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah, yeah. We covered some big ones. Yeah. Love that you brought the punk element in. I, no, I didn't mean that facetiously. Like no, we needed that. It's such levity. a random like off no, the wall line. No, we needed it. <laughs> levity was important. Love it. Um, what are you both recommending? Non. Rory Gilmore book list wise. It's called Rogues, True Stories of Grifters, Killers, Rebels and Crooks. Um, it's just fascinating. I mean, I do read everything he writes. Yeah. He just explores these kinds of these almost like pariahs of modern society and people mm. who have done wrong and it's really fascinating getting a three dimensional view of them and maybe their I guess why they ended up doing what they did. It's really fascinating and something a bit different. So yeah. Yeah, it's just great. And it lives up to all his other books, which, of course, people know that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> um, it's just, like, fun, exhilarating stories. It's just wild. And okay. they're all weaved in together. Mm. Yeah, it's just a deeply human portrait, I guess, of criminals and people who maybe, mm. at first glance, we wouldn't relate to. But then mm. you dig a little deeper and it's like, no, they're just human. Could be any of us. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about Do redemption you have a Google as well. alert for Patrick Radden Cave? <laughs> so when he releases a new book, you're like, I probably right. should. <laughs> the fact that he's like written three like incredible books really? within like recently. Yeah, like within like five five or six years is pretty incredible. And yeah, prolific. Yeah, I just yeah the topics he picks as well are fascinating. They're very diverse. What Northern Ireland, mm, the troubles, drug culture, prescription drugs, prescription drugs, and now this. criminals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some. Overlap, it's like a non-fiction, criminal, persecutiony yeah. kind of lens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you haven't picked up one of his books before, this is probably a bit more accessible because okay. it's like twelve different stories of different people. Um, so it's like that thing where you can pick up and put it yes. down a bit. Um, but it's great and entertaining, and yeah, definitely gave me a different perspective. Um, so that is Rogues. By Patrick Radden Key. I like, I like. Yeah. Good rack. Yaz, what is your non book? Non Rory Gilmore book? Well, I decided to change mine to help. <gasps> no! Well, yeah. Give me Bling Empire! I, I wasn't talking about uh, Bling Empire season three, currently airing on Netflix. Um, 
But then I remembered I watched an amazing doco a couple of Saturday oh. nights ago at my mum and dad's Bougie. house. Love this. On Netflix. Um, because I grew up in a household who loved Credence Clearwater. <gasps> that is one of my favourite bands of yes. all time. It's just on Credence Clearwater. It's called Travel and Band. Currently That's airing it. on Netflix. <gasps> and it's basically oh the story behind what they actually became the Traveling world's band? biggest band. Yep. Um, oh. They were rivaling the Beatles. Like, they had an amazing, amazing history, and they have some unseen footage from Albert Hall. It's a really, really great. It's only like an hour and a half or something, but I love a rock you know, you get your fix of you know, Fortunate Sun and Bad Moon Rising. What is your favorite song? Fortunate Sun. Same. You can't go past it, but I loved. Bad Moon Rising when I was a kid. That's yeah, it. that's the one I always went to. I've literally got it queued up, ready to play. Oh my god, that's such a good yeah. one. Oh Unbelievable. And oh it just god. reminded me of like, yeah, doing like um road trips with mum and dad. Like we always yeah. played like, actually the best of Credence. A like, good road trip yeah. band. It's just that music is perfect for it. Yeah. Like the wide open road. Yeah, yeah. windows down, oh. like oh my fresh god. air. Love this. Yeah. Okay. I'm so embarrassed to say this, but like I went to Midwest Trader the next day and bought like three bandanas. That's actually such a good Yeah, I'm there. Next will be an anorak. Anyway, that's me. Um, I'm recommending Abbott Elementary. Have you recommended it before? No, I I haven't. Okay, I was like, am I piggybacking off one of yours? Because I didn't know you couldn't watch it, not illegally. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the bear. I know, but I... And Abbott Elementary. But now it's it's on Disney Plus. That is how I'm watching it legally. You can keep that bit in if you want. Yeah. Um, so Abbott Elementary is on Disney Plus, um, and it's basically The Office, but set in a primary school in a very poor part of America with an all POC or predominantly black cast. Yeah, it's a mockumentary, because they all yeah, talk to so the Yeah, so it's camera. a mockumentary, so it's yes. literally The Office, but like a primary school mm-hmm. version so focused around the teachers. I would say it's like, not... La- like you're not laughing out loud but the whole thing's funny does that make sense yeah like yeah. none of the jokes are like holy shit holding my side like mm. laughing non-stop it's but like it's that- all entertaining and funny it's like the situational they get into ridiculous predicaments kind and of just thing. that like character to me it actually feels very parks and rec the main character very Leslie Nope vibes and then there's like the dead eyed like experienced teacher that is just like oh my god fuck off that's a bit of a Ron Swanson Mm. I love this TV show it's good it's really good like a very revolutionary like there's very few white characters Mm. I think there's two there's, I've met one white character, but I think they might be two Token in the white show. person. <laughs> yeah, effectively. And also, didn't what, um, the character that plays Janine won the Emmy, I think, for Best Actress in a Comedy Series. Yeah, and writing, because she writes it all. Yeah. So, Quinta Brunson, she was. Yes. You'll probably recognize her face. She was like big on part of that BuzzFeed popularity. I love that it's getting yes. so much popularity. So, I feel like I'm very late to the party. No, because I think it's quite it. new in Australia. Yeah. And it's only. <laughs> Up. It has it starting to- <laughs> it- When did you watch it? <laughs> you have a friend who was watching it. A friend from America? Like, well, they posted just me the DVD. Started. I don't think season two have. No, it's yet. just season one. And it's like quite short, yeah. But it's really yeah. funny. Um, 
So thank you for joining us, Yaz. This has been oh. so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. You really have, like, slotted in there. Yeah, so you're perfect. Like, you. Yeah. you could be a little trio. I love eating all your snacks and... Yeah, that's what they're there for. Yeah. It's like trying to eat quietly. Oh, I did not know. eat quietly. So. quite loudly. Yeah, welcome to our life. Okay. Yeah. Do not stress. But thank you. Thank you so much. It was so it's good so having you. Yeah. You're really good at it. Well, thanks for everyone for listening, for tuning in. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a look at Rory Gilmore's yes, list of books. It's yes. actually fascinating. We'll put it in the show notes. Also, we'll put in Gilmore Girls because that's worth a rewatch yes. as well. True. Twenty second year anniversary yes. this week. It's on Netflix. Super yes. accessible. Yep. I feel like I need to. I haven't watched it in ages. I want to revisit it. You perfect will just comfort. Fall on the stars hollow again. Yeah. Perfect like comfort show. Exactly what you said. It is. So, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank, Thank you. you. See you later. Bye.